Hey, Dana, yeah. can I interrupt you for a minute? Go ahead. I think the first question that we need to answer is, what show is this? <laughs> Let me start over. Welcome to Damn It, Jim, the podcast. My name is Dana Smith, and I'm here alongside Dan Calzaretta. Yeah, we're reviewing episode four of season one, The Naked Time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one, talking about this one. It's going to be fun. Uh, but before we get started, I've had a couple of questions through our, our Gmail account asking us uh, who we are. And uh, so, Dan, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and don't take up the whole show to do it. Okay. <laughs> now, did these questions come from a prince in Kenya? <laughs> yeah. It's funny you should say that. That's, and we're going to be rich, by the way. So Rich? That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Other interests, uh, I like bicycling, uh, bicycle touring. I've done a few, um, a few long-distance tours. Uh, I brew beer which is another, uh, I'd say, somewhat nerdy passion of mine uh, that also has some side benefits. Uh, you know, you get to drink the beer, which is good. Uh, so I like it's doing good that. Beer. I've had a couple of those. So. Oh, thank you. Well, and actually, I was inspired by a couple of friends of ours who started brewing back in the late 80s, maybe mid to late 80s. And I took up the hobby really based on on uh, their inspiration. I've been brewing for oh probably about thirty years. Those are a couple mm -hmm. of the other things that I'm into. How about you, Dana? A little bit more about you. Bit of a Star Trek nerd. My wife kind of laughs at me about that from time to time. Other than that, I've worked in manufacturing. I work with a lot of engineers, and I've actually had a couple of engineers tell me that they were inspired to uh, get into uh, physics because of Star Trek. I do some writing on the side. I published a couple books of poetry that have, that have absolutely nothing to do with Star Trek. So, uh, and <laughs> but then, are quite uh, good. Well, thanks. You know, just uh, trying to uh, live the dream. You know, get outside, go hiking, try to get up in the mountains as often as I can, and and enjoy the the beautiful landscape that I have around me. All right, uh, maybe we should get into the show because it's infinitely more interesting than the two of us. <laughs> yeah. uh, people last, so we wanted to answer. The Naked Time. So much that happens on this show. I was when I watched it again. I was kind of amazed. There's so many characters involved. At the beginning, we're circling what's known as Psy 2000. Yeah, uh, which uh, uh, to me sounded like, you know, a techno band from the 90s or maybe <laughs> a South Korean singer. Uh, oh, wait, that was Psy. He did gang Gangnam Style. Maybe he took the name from this show. Maybe. Without the show, there'd be no Gangnam Style. Wow. What a loss. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I distracted our, our <laughs> train of thought there. Go so, ahead. So anyway, Psi 2000 is a uh, planet that was at one time a lot like Earth, and now it's disintegrating. Spock and uh, another ensign beam down to get some uh, members of the research party and bring them back to the ship before the uh, planet disintegrates. And then everybody's going to watch it from uh, the Enterprise safe and sound and, and see what happens when a, a planet disintegrates upon itself. The landing party, Spock and Tormler, 
Tormlinson? Tormalin. Tormalin. I hated this name. It sounds like a name that someone made up rather than a person's real name. I had the same thought. I thought, who tried to throw this together? Yeah. Probably from two different names so, or three or four. It doesn't work. So uh, his first name is Joe. Let's go with Joe. I, I, I like Joe. Joe is uh, down there with Spock. And uh, first thing they do is they see all these dead bodies and they're like frozen. Yeah, there's a guy at a control center. There's uh, another body in the doorway. I have to bring this up. The body in the doorway is a woman, obviously a mannequin. And Spock leans down next to it and says, she's been strangled. And, uh... <laughs> Matt Jeffries, who was the guy who designed like the Enterprise oh, okay, yeah. and, and different sets. And the Jeffries tubes are named after him. For years, he kept that mannequin in his office. And would often do things like put it in the bathroom <laughs> to scare people. <laughs> didn't, he the say, didn't they say they like, put her in the shower? Yeah. And uh, so she was behind the shower curtain and people would see her. That's what it was. Get freaked yeah. out. He also kept the the outfit of oh, the yeah. salt sucker and just had that like hanging in his office. How cool would that be? And so then they start seeing, you know, different things around the station. We don't follow them around. We stay in kind of the main area. Joe comes back and says, there's a guy in it frozen to death in the shower. And Spock kind of raises an eyebrow. He's like, he was fully clothed. And Spock was disappointed or? <laughs> yeah. Spock goes off to check something. Oh, I, I forgot to mention that they, they beam down in these red suits that are like, you know, bio suits or something. Oh gosh, they were horrible. These were actually shower curtains that they had configured to be bio suits. I actually put in my notes, these look like shower curtains from like a <laughs> old 1950s hotel. And then I looked at red. They kind of got like a gold inlay or something. Yeah, gold like thread. the little circles because there's like the spot that they could see through even had the little gold circles going around uh, over their face. So which, bad. So, so it, it bad. Was, yeah. So we read on Memory Alpha, I'm assuming that's where you saw it, that they were shower curtains and they were just so ill-fitting that like, what were they keeping out? I mean, they, they weren't even attached at the at the neck. They were just like a shroud over their head. Yeah, it was like a beekeeper's outfit almost. Yeah. But it would, I think a beekeeper's outfit would have kept more stuff out. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. <laughs> so, so Joe doesn't know anything about personal protection, PPE, personal protection equipment. Joe takes his glove off and because uh, his, his nose itches. He tried scratching it through his veil or whatever it was. And then he decides he's going to take his glove off and he, he puts his glove on the head head of one of the dead people <laughs> just and, i mean it's just you know adding insult to injury and then he uh, scratches his nose of course yeah. and then he uh bends down to check something on the floor and he puts his hand on the side of this console and you see this like red blotch and the uh red dot kind of streams over to his hand I thought that was a cool effect. It it kind of looked like blood. I mean, that was a um, yeah. little trickle of blood that gets onto his hand, which then apparently disappears. He never sees it. That's what gets the, uh, the action of the show started. <laughs> and he stands up just to make matters worse and sticks his hand under his uh, mask again and like sniffs his hand or something and then pulls it back out and then puts his glove back on. The smelling of the hand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I got something on my hand, so I better smell. It. I uh, better smell it. 
Now, there's a couple of things I got to say about this. You know, you work in manufacturing, you're you're in charge of multiple people in a, in a corporation, uh, especially with COVID. I know that you had to do trainings with them on personal protective equipment. I taught in uh, schools for a long time. We had to do that type of training every year. Where the hell is the training for this guy? <laughs> I mean, he's in outer freaking space and they yeah. don't teach him, one, don't take your glove off if you're on a weird planet and two don't smell your hand after you've done it <laughs> yeah after you've touched things in a uh, in an area where people are dead and obviously we you don't know what's happened kirk calls down to spock tells him that the research party is dead kirk says well what is it all station personnel are dead what caused it unknown captain it's like nothing we've dealt with before when they beam aboard, Spock stops Joe from stepping off the transporter and says, uh, Mr. Scott. You received my signal, Mr. Scott. Yes, sir. Decontaminate. Kirk says, uh, send them to sick bay and I'll meet them there. Now, can you remember in any of the other shows? I mean, certainly not in the previous three, but I'm trying to even think of in future episodes when they go to other planets. Do they ever run this decontamination protocol? I thought about that. And I don't remember it ever being run, but I, I could be wrong. We both are on a Facebook group called Star Trek, the original series. Maybe one of our members on that Facebook page can help us with that. And Same they don't now. mind telling everyone how knowledgeable they are. If you got it, you flaunt it. <laughs> <laughs> Joe starts uh, doing the stuff where he's rubbing his hands like he's got something on it. They go to sick bay. McCoy checks them out, says they're checked. They're just fine. Hey, by the way, when they were in sick bay, did you notice uh, both Spock and Joe were in these all black outfits, black pants, black t-shirts? Uh, these guys yeah. look like they were in pretty damn good shape. Last week we talked about, you know, the potential of Spock wearing a thong. Both of those guys could have carried it. <laughs> so moving on. Uh, <laughs> later, we see Joe in the rec room. It's the first time we see the food replicator. Yeah, that was interesting. Joe's getting his food out of the replicator, sits down, and he's sitting there kind of rubbing his hands. And in that same room, there's members of the Enterprise. There's a couple of people playing 3D checkers. Yeah, and this remember is... when when we joked about that in the first episode? Yeah. How he said, oh, I would need 3D checkers. I, I didn't even think that was a thing. I didn't remember that being a thing. I thought there's a game I could play, maybe. Sulu comes in with a uh, another helmsman named Riley. Sulu's talking to Riley about fencing. Riley's kind of making fun of it and saying, you know, well, what do you do with the sword? You know, is it shish kebabs, you know, and stuff. And he makes <laughs> some jokes about it. Go back to Joe and uh, they go to sit down by him. He's got a little bit of an attitude. Hey, Joey. You feeling all right? Get off me. You don't rank me and you don't have pointed ears. So just get off my neck. I love that quote. <laughs> yeah. I used that the other day at work. And, uh, so, yeah. that <laughs> How'd that go over? over? Well. Yeah, not well. So, not well. Okay. <laughs> He's like, what are we doing out here? He says, we're polluting space. He grabs a knife, kind of threatens Sulu and Riley with it. When they are trying to calm him down, he turns the knife on himself. So Sulu and Riley have to try to stop him from killing himself. And in the process, they fall and Joe gets stabbed with a knife, but it doesn't look life-threatening. Well, it doesn't even look real, let's face it. I mean, 
But so uh, Riley goes to call medics. And after he calls the medics, he's over there doing the same thing with his hands. Like he's got something stuck on his hands. Like he's got some crazy glue or something he's trying to get off. Can I make a, uh, make a comment about this whole scene? So Joe is kind of threatening them with the knife. So they intervene, right? They kind of jump on yeah. him and try to get the knife. And the camera shows the other people sitting in the uh, rec room. And they're doing nothing. They're like just <laughs> sitting there. They don't yeah. get up. They don't like go and hey, let's get security. They nobody even looks like concerned. No, they don't it's... even look concerned. You're right. It's... Maybe they thought same stuff as every night in the rec room on the Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Joe. Every time he comes in here, yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. Always threatening to kill himself. Blah yeah. blah blah. <laughs> Somebody should have let them know that they were going to be on camera and they should act like they're in the scene. <laughs> Maybe they were like, you know, they didn't bother spending any money on those suits when they were on the planet. Someone just stole the shower curtain from the hotel next door. <laughs> I'm probably not getting paid anything, so I'm just going to sit yeah. here. I got a, I got a lousy sandwich and a cup of coffee. <laughs> and all I see him doing for the last hour is sniffing his hand. I mean, what's going on with that dude? <laughs> So, but that's, that's the key now is that when somebody rubs their hands like that, that we know that they're infected back on the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> we, we see uh, Sulu and Riley. They're suddenly being pulled into the gravity of the, of the planet. And Spock kind of yells at them to, you know, make corrections. Uh, they do. And, and now you're seeing Riley like constantly rubbing his hands. Sulu's doing the same thing. Sulu leans over to Riley and says, hey, why don't we go down to the recreation deck and do some fencing? Sulu kind of gets up and sneaks off the bridge. Which, come on, that just <laughs> seems so unrealistic. I mean, Spock is going to hear it. Where Uhura sits, she would see him leaving. Don't you think she'd say, Or at hey. least hear the door. Or at least hear <laughs> the door. But yeah, he slips off the bridge and then Riley's there. Something happens again. Spock comes down and's like, where's, where's Mr. Sulu? You haven't answered my question. Where is Mr. Sulu? Have no fear, O'Reilly's here. And one Irishman is worth 10,000. Uhura, leave, you... Mr. Riley. Lieutenant Uhura, take over this station. Yes, sir. Now, that's what I like. Let the women work, too. Universal suffrage. Report the sick day, Mr. Riley. Give the women universal suffrage. I know it's a joke, and it's kind of, but it, at the same time, I'm thinking. Isn't that what the show is all about? That she's equal and... And why would it even have come into his mind to say that if women and men have been equal for probably a couple of centuries at this point? Riley goes down to sickbay. We see Nurse Chapel for the first time. Riley comes and talks to her and he touches her face while he's talking to her and calls her a pretty lady and you have beautiful eyes. You can tell she's infected now. He, he asked her, where's Joey? She said to him, Joey's dead. And Riley <laughs> says, Joey's problem is he wasn't born an Irishman. But he goes out the door. And by the way, when he left sickbay and he goes out the door, you know, the door automatically opens. He if makes he, a move. He he's... makes this <laughs> he makes this very cool move with his with his right hand as though he's like willing the door to open. It was a great move. And oftentimes when I am going to the grocery store and they have the automatic doors, I'll go in and I'll do some kind of move just before the door opens. And every time my wife smacks me. But I think it's hilarious. I would just like uh, all of our listeners, uh, even if you're listening by mistake and uh, Dana, you too. Uh, every time you go into a store now that has the automatic sliding doors, make some kind of move. Let's 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 start a let's start a whole movement where we do some kind of cool move to make the door open. Then we go back to a hallway, and we see Sulu jump out 
without a shirt on and he has a fencing sword and he is he's pretty ripped i mean he's uh skinny but very defined oh yeah i read that when they were talking to him about this they said you're going to be shirtless and george takei he says immediately afterwards i started doing push-ups every day because i had three days before we shot that scene i can't believe he was that far out of shape and he was also uh, uh glistening with mineral oil or something so he chases a couple crewmen off he's uh pretending to be d'artagnan from the three musketeers and he says where is Richelieu? Sulu comes up on the bridge give me that I'll protect you fair maiden sorry neither she wasn't playing that game so she was not playing that game it was a great scene for her I thought a great scene for her because she's responsible for how things evolve in that scene. Yeah. She pushes away from him. Kirk like just jumps on him. I, I, I was I was watching that trying to see if it was a stunt person. I don't think it was. But just like jumps on him full force. Maybe this is why George Takei does not like William Shatner because William Shatner would do stuff like that. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and then doesn't Spock use the nerve pinch at this point? Yeah. Spock uses the Vulcan nerve pinch. Kirk says, someday you got to teach me that. And Spock turns to... Uh, uh, one of the other people on the bridge and says, take D'Artagnan here to sickbed. I love that line. <laughs> yeah. Shows that and he just, has kind of a sense of humor. Then we find out Riley has made his way to engineering. Kirk calls to engineering and Riley answers. You rang, sir? Who's this? This is Captain Kevin Thomas Riley of the Starship Enterprise. And who is this? This is Captain Kirk. Get out of the engine room, navigator. Where's Mr. Scott? I've relieved Mr. Scott of his duties. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, Riley starts singing the song. The roses all have left your cheeks. I've watched them fade away and die. He's got complete control of the ship from the engineering room. Uh, and Scotty says, you know, he's, he's locked himself in there. We're going to try to uh, cut in and into the door, but he says, we have to be careful. So Spock goes off and he goes into sickbay and there's Nurse Chapel. I always thought Nurse Chapel was an interesting character, but they gave her a hairdo and it had to be a wig. At first, I thought she had like a weasel on her head or something. That was, <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, we see her like trying to take her hair down. But anyway, she sees Spock. She's turned on. She she wants to, uh, it's, it's obvious just from the look she gives him when he comes in. She wants to get to know him better. Oh, yeah. And, and so uh, she tells him. The men from Vulcan treat their women strangely. At least people say that. I know you don't. You couldn't hurt me would you i'm in love with you mr spock she touches him and of course once an infected person touches another person that person becomes infected and it seemed to affect spock really fast now we see uh kirk he goes down and he's walking all over the ship trying to find spock and he finds him in the conference room spock is sitting there crying i'm in control of my emotions control of my emotions I'm an officer. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
Now, in that scene, he's obviously struggling with this battle between emotion and logic. And that scene originally wasn't even scripted. Leonard Nimoy actually came up with the idea. They didn't have a lot of time to shoot it, so it was all done in just one take. I thought it was a pretty good scene. I mean, a little campy. It really gives the viewer, I think, a good insight into who Spock is and the struggles that he faces. And so when Kirk comes in, he says, we're going to crash on the planet, you know, you you we got a risk implosion and, and Spock just doesn't seem to care. And so Kirk smacks him. Spock's still kind of whining, crying stuff. And then so Kirk smacks him a couple more times. <laughs> just like until backhand smacks him. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah. And then Spock goes, you know, enough of this. And he backhands Kirk back. This is the first time I think we get an idea of how strong Spock is. Yeah. Because one punch and Kirk goes flying over the table. Kirk gets back up and then all of a sudden Kirk starts being affected. And he's like, you should be glad, you know, that you can't love. Kirk goes on and on about, you know, how his love is the ship. I was trying to decide my favorite quotes and worst quotes from the show. And this one actually was both at the same time. (laughs) Kirk's still having a breakdown. And then Spock leaves. (laughs) And and Kirk's just left there. And Kirk says to him, though, clear the corridor to the turbo lift. Because oh, he, yeah, he wants yeah. to walk down there by himself. He's, I think he's afraid if he runs into any of the crew members, they might see him in a way that's not very captain-like. But so the- wait a minute. Is this clear the way in the corridors? So I can't, I won't be seen. We'll be fine with the ship blowing up or crashing. You know, we've got lots of time. And he just came <laughs> in before and said, you know, we got two minutes. Right. And now they've had this fight for a minute and a half. Now he's like, go clear the corridor so I can walk down there and not be ashamed. Well, <laughs> and then the way he's walking, he's walking very stiffly. It looked like he was desperate to make it to the bathroom. Like he just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something didn't agree with him out of the replicator. Bad burrito from the replicator. Yeah. <laughs> Khan's revenge was about to take over his intestinal <laughs> system. And so... so in the meantime, McCoy has found the anecdote sulu is now fine and we switch back and we see spock and scotty uh working to get the engines going he's turned the engines off completely cold it'll take 30 minutes to regenerate them scotty i can't change the laws of physics i've got to have 30 minutes and and we see the engine room i think for the first time right yeah, I believe so. Which is kind of cool. I always thought the engine room, the way that they depicted it, was pretty cool. We cut back to the bridge. McCoy's on the bridge. And Kirk comes walking in. And right when Kirk walks in, McCoy rips his sleeve down and gives him an injection. The first thing I did after that was I paused it. <laughs> and I looked around at everybody else on the bridge. Uh-huh. Nobody else had a torn sleeve. <laughs> Nobody else you know, had that. So I guess we hadn't seen... Kirk's muscles yet. So uh, it was probably something in William Shatner's contract. If somebody else shows their muscles, I've got to show mine. I think uh, you're exactly uh, so. right. It was, <laughs> it's a con- contractual thing. Uh, and and in future episodes, they just do the, the right through the clothes injection right through the clothes. That's right. So yeah. I think you're right. It had to be a contractual thing. Yeah. We should get William uh, Shatner on the show and ask him. Well, we're still waiting for JJ Abrams. We are still and, waiting for uh, JJ. Uh, but but Bill, if you're listening, we love you, man. We'd love to have you on the show. Kirk sits down on his chair. You now Spock comes up on the bridge and says, you know, the the engines, it's it's working. Kirk says he says to Sulu, check elapsed time, Mister Sulu. My chronometer is running backwards, sir. Time warp. 
I was waiting for somebody to jump out and start singing "Let's Do the Time Warp" again. <laughs> but, uh, they slowly reverse power, and space and everything around them looks normal again. Spock says that they have traveled back in time seventy-one hours. Mister Spock, the time warp. What did it do to us? We've regressed in time seventy-one hours. We have three days to live over again. Not those last three days. So then Spock says, this brings about an intriguing prospect. This does open some intriguing prospects, Captain. We can go back in time to any planet, any era. We may risk it someday, Mr. Spock. Yeah, that had to be a setup, right? I mean, do you think the writers or Gene Roddenberry were thinking, hey, maybe we can use this uh, in future right. episodes? I think they had to have. <laughs> We covered really just bits of this show. Right. Like I said, there was so many people involved. There was so much that went on. Difficult to really sum it all up, but it, it's a good episode. I, I think that, I think it's uh, a great episode. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you. And actually, George Takei said uh, this is one of his favorite episodes. Well, know, in, so. this, in this episode, too, I think for the first time, we see this relationship between McCoy and Spock also starting to form this kind oh, of... Oh, yeah. One person would say a line, person would one-up them, they'd go back and forth. So in this one, uh, you had already mentioned that when Joe and Spock came back from the planet, Kirk wanted them to go to sickbay and be checked out. McCoy checks them out, and McCoy says to Spock, Mr. Spock, your pulse is 242. Your blood pressure is practically non-existent. Assuming you call that green stuff in your veins blood the readings are perfectly normal for me doctor thank you and as for my anatomy being different from yours i am delighted as the show goes on and uh, other episodes they have very similar conversations you know we get a better idea of the character of spock four episodes in yeah we should say this was the fourth episode shown the seventh filmed so so we are still very early in the process of developing these characters and developing the relationships between these characters <laughs> What about some of the other technology stuff that we see in this show? Well, we saw the replicator. We mentioned that. Scotty uh, went up in the Jeffries tubes. Is that the first time we saw the Jeffries tubes? From the inside, I think, I think you're right. From the inside, yeah. We saw the engine room for the first time. Yeah, we see how surgery is done. First time, maybe, that both matter and antimatter are mentioned, that that somehow powers oh, true. the engines, although I thought it was dilithium crystals. Well, I think you get matter or antimatter or one of those from using dilithium crystals crystals well we'll have to check that out again if any of our listeners want to really school us you know on how this is done you can go to our <laughs> you can go to our facebook page or send us an email and let us know exactly how that stuff works you had a comment in one of your notes is uh the spray bottles in sickbay yeah did you notice that i didn't notice that so in one of the first uh, scenes of sickbay, and there were these spray bottles, and they look like a spray bottle that you'd go down to Home Depot, you'd fill up with various colored liquids. And I'm thinking some designs are classic, <laughs> right? They're going to last through the centuries. But a spray bottle, you're going to, what are you spraying them on? There's no windows to wash that I can see. They show up in other episodes. Well, in uh, The Man Trap, when uh, Rand comes in and brings Sulu his food, she uses a spray bottle to spritz on the uh, hand. There you go. Yeah, the hand. <laughs> Gertrude or Beauregard, whatever his name was. <laughs> How many dead crewmen do we have for this show? From the Enterprise, it's just one, right? It's Joe. Yeah. Now there were four died down on the planet. We decided earlier in, like during our it's... first podcast, we're only counting Enterprise crew. Correct. I think if we only have one this week, I believe we're up to 17. Is that correct? Correct. Let's talk about Joe. 
though a little bit the uh, the actor. What do you what can you tell us about him? Stuart Moss was his name, born in Chicago in 1937. So I live in Walla Walla, Washington. Stuart Moss died in Walla Walla, Washington in 2017. And he was actually in another episode of Star Trek by any other name. He played an alien in that episode and apparently was the only actor to play both a human and an alien in the Star Trek series. Let's discuss the best and worst parts that you thought. And we've, we've touched on several of these. Oh, great. I think one of the best things uh, was Spock struggling with his emotions. Uh, one of the best for me was uh, the shirtless Sulu chasing people with the sword. One of the worst things to me was Joe taking off his glove and setting it on the dead guy's head. <laughs> I just, when I, I swear, I saw the first time I saw it, I, was, I stopped, hit pause, and I'm looking at it. And I was like, yeah, he just set it on a dead guy's head. One of the worst for me was Uhura is trying to get the communication stuff in the ship to work and to try to cut off Riley. She's doing her thing and she says, you know, I've tried, I can't, I can't do it. And then Spock just goes over there and like starts trying to do it. <laughs> I, I guess this was like the first instance of like Vulcan splaining. Let me show you how to do this. Uh, it was almost like silly woman. Yeah. Let a man do this. Yeah. 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 We'll talk about it later. Vulcan do this. Yeah. We'll talk about it later <laughs> in my quarters. Another one of the best parts for me, though, was Scotty trying to get into engineering and using the uh, phaser to cut a hole in the wall uh, and going very slowly. And when Spock comes and talks to him, he says, you know, another 15 minutes or something like that. And, and Spock says, according to my calculations, you'll be about a minute and a half too long. So there's we have to take risks. Scotty gets very serious and, of course, does it, gets through so they can get to Kevin Riley and and stop him, if nothing else, from singing. So, that's <laughs> Who cares about the ship blowing up? We got to <laughs> shut that guy up. <laughs> it's the last thing we do. <laughs> we're talking about 1966. I was curious myself what songs were being played. But the top five songs in the U.S. when this show aired was Cherish by The Association was number one. The Supremes, You Can't Hurry Love. The Temptations, Beauty is Only Skin Deep. Los Bravos was number four with Black is Black. Oh, great song. And a song I heard on my way home tonight, Bus Stop by the Hollies. Oh, yeah. was uh, number five. Some uh, great songs that week. What about the dilemma for this show? What What did you think it was? Well, that's, that's a great question. The unknown is very prevalent in this show. I think related to that, and Joe brings this up, why are humans even in space? We shouldn't be out here. We're, we're polluting space. Why are we in space? And... And this week in our time, it was kind of pertinent because of the Webb telescope. Great, yeah. Public images were released for the first time. Well, this was exciting. This episode was really, really exciting. I loved it. There's so much going on with all the different characters. And again, we get to see the characters in different spotlights. Hey, Dana, I had a great time. As always, Dan, this has been a lot of fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, reviewing next week's show with you. All right, Dana, have a great week. See you next week. All right. Thanks again, Dan. Thanks once again for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at dammitjimpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-A-M-N-I-T podcast at gmail.com. Or join the discussion on Facebook. Join us next week for The Enemy Within. 